Hello. In this podcast, I sit down with friends I have met through the LGBTQIA plus family. We discuss anything from personal stories, LGBT history, and much, much more. I'm Todd Gilby, and this is Our Story. Hello, welcome back. I hope you're well. In today's episode, I have my brother on. A very special guest indeed. I have generally always raved about my brother, even if we have our fallouts and disagreements. We always still manage to come back to each other and then grow and strengthen our friendship. We go into what it was like for him growing up and realizing that he wasn't just attracted to girls as he should be when he was growing up. And also the stigmas around bisexuality and what bioerasure is as well. Now, there is some swearing in the episode, but we're brothers. We're very comfortable around each other, like I said, and swearing has its place. Sit tight, grab a cuppa and enjoy. Hi, how are you? I'm pretty good. Pretty good, thank you. <laughs> good. Um, how am I? Yeah, I'm fine. I've not had coffee this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you've not? Why not? No, I'm discovering that I have so much energy that I don't need it. So it's a little bit weird. My eyes spasming and I don't know whether that's because I haven't had my coffee, my morning coffee. Um, okay. I've just had a decaf coffee instead. Okay. Um, why? I'm um, curious. Why? Why the? Why the option for no coffee? Um, because lately with working out, um, fairly consistently, and I'm not drinking anymore. I've decided I'm sober. Um, which is interesting. So that's that's a whole other conversation, but um. <laughs> I've got so much bloody energy because of not doing that and and working out. <laughs> I don't think I need, I just don't think I need my coffee in the morning because I have so much energy. I go to bed and I can't sleep because I'm just like, hi, like uniform, mm-hmm. consistent energy. That's, uh, that's pretty interesting, isn't it? It is. Um, and even my housemates have noticed like, uh, Todd, you're getting up early, aren't you? And I'm like, I know, I'm just awake. I'm awake at like half six, seven, and I'm just like, well, I might as well get up. And you're getting, you're getting, um, what feels like good sleep as well. Um, yeah, mostly it's a little bit harder at the moment. I think just because I'm going through some adjustments with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, mm. so I'm hoping that will get easier. I try and I take uh magnesium. Every now and again, because it's meant to help you sleep. So I'm just trying to get on that at the moment. Um, but I'm mm. hoping, I'm hoping now that, now that I drop the coffee, I won't have something that is um, creating any sort <clears throat> of up up and down in my, in my body. So mm. hopefully that sleeping will get better. Hence mm. why I've got a, a little cup of tea here, which is actually just herbal. 
Oh, nice. Okay. I mean, I, I drink I drink loads of green tea. I that's, only that's drink got green a lot tea. of caffeine in it. Um, yeah, I don't really know. I just sort of I th- I think I think, it I, think I'm a, I think I have a bit of an assumption that it has less caffeine than coffee in it. Um, I don't know if that's true. No, um, I don't know. But I've really I think I've also just I've just bought into the idea that it's good for me. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And uh, I do really like it. So yeah. I literally drink like I drink loads of it. Jeez. Yeah, I would honestly <laughs> check the caffeine content on that because that could like cause <laughs> whoop, whoop, whoop in so many different ways. I mean, yeah, I don't when I've had when I've when I've been in like coffee drinking phases, I'll I'll, I'll I would have uh, occasionally drunk one too many and then get like the jitters, the coffee jitters. Uh yeah, and like heart palpitations and everything else. Yeah, or like almost like trigger kind of um, an anxiety response, and uh, it, it does that. It absolutely does that. You know, whereas like my response to green tea, I've not noticed the same kind of response. Mm. So I don't know if that means there's less caffeine in it. I have no idea. I don't know. Maybe your tolerance has just gone so high with it. Maybe. I do love green tea, though. I'm drinking. I'm actually drinking a cup of green tea right now. <laughs> God, just cheers. Cheers to the twos. <laughs> so, for those that don't know you, this is my brother, um, Ben Gilby. Hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Say hi, Ben. <laughs> um, tell tell me about what you do again. Just remind me because I always get asked by clients and friends what it is you do and I just say something along the lines of a psychologist <laughs> yeah. ward on a ward something psychology da, 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 da. and I always get it wrong or <laughs> like <laughs> yeah I don't know maybe I... 25% of the time I'll get it right okay so yeah something something psychology That's yeah good. so this can clear it up and then I don't have to <laughs> I don't have to get it wrong ever again because it's been recorded <laughs> We're like yes <laughs> yeah you can just play you just play bit where i explain um well so my my current job is my current role is that i'm a trainee clinical psychologist so what that means is i'm training to be uh, <clears throat> a clinical psychologist so i'm studying and also doing clinical practice so that just means mainly therapy some kind of psychotherapy um for three years um and i'm studying at the same time doing a, like a doctorate so it's like a phd kind of but it's it's a bit different from my kind of normal phd i guess um, um and i kind of do the research and work and the clinical work alongside each other and we have teaching and uh yeah so it's sort of three years of training on the job kind of thing it's a bit like an apprenticeship it's it's kind of similar i think to a nursing degree um nurses do i think as far as i know like um placements as well in services um when they're training i know mental health nurses do anyway um so it's similar to that so i'll do yes, some yeah. placements in adult mental health or uh, i'll do stuff with um uh people with learning disabilities um people uh, young people children adolescents and i kind of cover the whole kind of lifespan um, and then after three years, uh, mm, yeah, I will be qualified, and I, then I'll be then I'll be a qualified clinical psychologist, and I'll go and work um, probably for the NHS um, in a service. I don't know where, no idea yet. 
what that will look like. Um, um, and yeah, be part of a, a team. I'm not sure where, but yeah. How long have you done that now? Because you started in psychology quite a while ago now, didn't you? Well, yeah. So, um, yeah, Cast I kind your of mind I, back. Yeah, I am just casting my mind back. I start. I, I studied psychology. I started studying psychology um, at college. I went back to college and I did like an access course, which is kind of like A levels. Um, that allowed me to then go to university where I studied psychology. So I did an undergrad in psychology. I then did a master's in forensic psychology, um, which is basically just psychology applied to um, kind of offending behavior um, and kind of prisons and rehabilitation. Um, and then after that, I went and worked in forensic psychiatry kind of thing. I suppose I was working in um, um, what's called a secure hospital. Um, is that what health... forensic psychiatry is? Because when people hear forensic, they think CSI. Yeah, so... <laughs> That's what I think. It, yeah so forensic i've forgotten there's like a there's the meaning of the word forensic is um i think it means like as applied to courts of law is actually okay. what the term means but um forensic psychology is mainly it's like an area of psychology um um that looks at kind of supporting rehabilitating those people who have sort of wound up in kind of offending lifestyles so you know right. they might be caught up in the prison system they might you know they have may have may maybe you know have sort of um committed a bunch of like crimes whatever and uh forensic psychology is concerned to sort of help quote unquote rehabilitate those individuals okay. um to help them kind of basically steer clear of that in the future um yeah. so yes mainly concerned with rehabilitation um and but also i guess on the kind of i guess academic side it's it's concerned with sort of uh figuring out like why people get into kind of those situations where they are acting illegally or criminally um sure, why okay. does that happen you know and there's like a bunch of theories and you know ideas about why that might be yeah yeah yeah, so then I did that. Okay. Then I worked as a healthcare assistant in a low secure ward with people who had come into contact with the criminal justice system for whatever reason, but were also um, deemed to be kind of um, mentally unwell and their mental health sort of status, their kind of their psychological distress was contributing in some way to their offending. And that's why right. they were not going into prison. Uh, they were kind of moved to a hospital where they uh, were offered um, kind of treatment. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And now I've wound up. Uh, so I did that for like three or four years, and th and uh, then I was an assistant psychologist for a while in the same area, working in forensic psychology. And now I'm now a trainee on a clinical doctorate. So I'm training. I'm being trained up. Uh, working in clinical psychology, which is much broader than forensic okay. psychology. It's so much you've done. You've done actually so much in it already, haven't you? Like in the learning of it. 
um, yep. through all that time. Just hearing it back, it's like, oh, yeah, we've done loads. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, it does. It, it's it's quite a lot. Nice. Um, so I've obviously been dying to get you onto my podcast for a while because I know we, we'd have a really good, um, just have a load to say and just have some really good conversation and, and just have a laugh as well. Uh-huh. Um, and and then well yeah we've grown up as brothers we've learned about our sort of struggles growing up mm. um you know going through primary school secondary school together just a year's difference um mm. yeah so we've been very close in that which has which has been amazing to have that connection um and we've always kind of looked after each other looked out for each other's backs even if we have argued and fight like for each other and whatever we've still always had each other's backs which has been really cool yes you know yeah of course definitely uh i mean definitely had arguments but that's all right hell Um, yeah it just kind of tested us didn't it really yeah you just just gotta make sure that you repair you know and kind of (laughs) yeah and we do though (laughs) don't we like even if we like i don't know if you're if you're being a bit off bit off with me or whatever or or i'm being a bit off we um we're quick to be like, so uh, what's going on with you? Yeah. And we just kind of chat it out, don't we? Which is amazing. Yeah. Um. So what are your preferred pronouns? Um, I, I ask that because I want to ask kind of everyone that comes onto the podcast. Mm. Um, I feel it's important we do that. Um we kind of so that we can respect each other's um choices that we want mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um yeah where do you stand with that i mean i think i've always just uh, yeah my, so my, my preferred pronouns are um uh he his him yeah um yeah those are those are the pronouns that I've kind of always gone by. And yeah, mm. those are the ones I still go by. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I think mine are similar. Maybe with Queen. <laughs> Add it on. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. So you're bisexual. Mm, yes, I am. Are you? Are you? Are you though? Are you? Am I? Are you though? Um, do you care to elaborate on that question? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, so I I came out as gay when I was very like uh, when I was very young. No, I wasn't very young. I was I was young. I was um. Oh my god, how old were we in school, Ben? Like, was it thirteen? When you Something came out. like that, yeah. I'm saying this just to build it into where you eventually came out. I mean, I don't remember when you came out. To be honest, I'm I... not quite sure. It was sort of. It was. It was. It was. Before... It was when we were teenagers. When we, when we, I think I'm going to say it was. You know, maybe I'm guessing between maybe like between the ages of. 14, 15, 16, was it around then? Yeah, I was going to say more like 14 or so, yeah. And then you, when did you kind of have an idea that you were bi? But I know we've talked about this before. So you initially were like, I'm gay. 
Oh, yeah. Well, okay. So that whole, so the question of that almost goes, yeah. So that goes into the question of when anyone knows almost sort of, doesn't it kind of, uh, when do you know something about yourself? No. When are you aware of your, yeah. When did you become aware of your sexuality, your sexual identity, right? This sort of emerging sense of who you are. And, uh, I, I'm sure that I was in some way, aware of that and 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 by aware of that i mean aware of my kind of attraction to like other guys um i suppose like when i was a boy it was like the other boys that i knew um Mm. um when i was really young really really yeah like definitely yeah because i just i just remember um but did you put any label to it because i had that i fancied peter andre in like year four but i didn't know what the fuck that meant (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> everybody else did but there was me like just like a man but i didn't know it meant anything i didn't know it meant i was gay and i was going to be slammed with a label no and i didn't know i i didn't obviously put any label on it because it, it was like when i was sort of really young like younger mm. than 10 i think um, yeah. and i just i just but i just have a, a memory of being very drawn to certain um there was like there was this there was this one kid on like this tv show that i was like really interested in just looking at <laughs> <laughs> and uh and, I, and, I, and at the time i didn't really know what that meant yeah. um um you know i think now looking back it look it's looking back now that i think oh maybe that's what that was um sure my you know my kind of emerging um sexual orientation i guess for or, or just or just attraction i don't know um yeah um so i kind of knew for yeah i had a kind of vague awareness of it for years and then and then i suppose yeah wasn't really kind of aware of it i suppose there was like a period of not really knowing and then and then when mm-hmm. it got to like but then when it gets to you know the age where you're sort of like you know maybe i suppose like a teenager a young teenager where you start to become aware of like you know kind of um sexuality for the first time um and i was sort of noticing that i was interested in like girls and you know obviously no one has a problem with that um <laughs> uh, when, no, you, when you're when yeah. you're a man um, yeah yeah um but then i was also noticing like huh i like thinking about guys as well <laughs> and, I, and i was just like what what is that uh, I didn't really Did you know... feel you had to keep it quiet? Um, I mean, eventually I did. I mean, I think I, yeah, I, I think like, yeah, no, I think when I was first aware of it, I was really sort of scared by it, I think, mm. um, because of what, I think because I was aware of the implications, like I was aware of what it, I think I was aware of what it meant, really. Um, yeah. Um, but I was terrified probably because uh, of, uh, I suppose because I think, I knew that that was in some way incompatible. Um, well, it's it's seen as um, wrong and bullied and uh, it just wasn't just legitimate. Mo- it's just mocked, isn't it? You know, when you're that when you're y- that young, depending. Well, yeah, yeah. I think when up. I was when I was when I was first aware of my kind of attraction to guys and girls. Um, I was first of all sort of ashamed of it, I think, and embarrassed. 
yeah. and did not want to express it or act on it in any way. Well, I, I, well, I did want to act on it, but I was afraid to, so I didn't. Um, and yeah, I think I was, yeah, I kind of, I just didn't really know what to do with it. And I was sort of, I thought it was, initially I just thought it was nothing. And then it, and then I, and then it was sort of more, but then I just kept being really, but then it was just part of me. I was aware of it, yeah. of my interest, of my attraction to, you know, uh, some of my male friends and stuff. I just thought, okay, maybe I'm gay. Um, yeah, but I, I think looking back, I kind of, it emerged over time, but the term bi, though, to describe myself, that was never something I liked. What, why? What was that awkwardness? Um, because I think at the time, and I kind of think it's probably changed a bit now in terms of mm. culture and um, the the kind of place of bisexuality in sort of society now. But Definitely. But then... But, but back then, and it wasn't really that long ago, so I don't know how much it's really changed, but um, back then, especially I suppose where I was growing up, um, bisexuality was not a thing. It wasn't real. Um, you were either gay or straight, I think. I think that's kind of how it went. So it, Yeah, it was, like you say, it wasn't seen as legitimate, was it? No. And I think this goes, and this kind of, that experience, my experience, um, reflects a wider um kind of societal um i guess you could call it erasure of mm. bisexuality like it's just that it's not a real it's not a it's not a legitimate thing so you know i, I suppose like one of the things i've thought about is that everyone well people will assume people are straight people have done that basically since the beginning of time <laughs> it, it feels well, like, like we'll we'll um, come to like er, by erasure by erasure in a minute but um, it's I would have those thoughts in the past about bi people. It's like, oh, it's just like a halfway to one way or the other. And it's such like a common thing. And that's, I mean, you see that in like, you'd see that in movies um, or shows like, or it would just be like the said thing, wouldn't it? Um, yeah, because it's just not. Just no, it was treated or it has been treated as um, just not a sexuality in itself. It's sure. it's been it was treated rather as like you say like well there's like there's so many common kind of stereotypes like on the way to gay, you know yeah, things like yeah, that right yeah um um so it wasn't valid that's that I think the most important thing I think when I look back is that my a central part of my identity was not validated um and uh by anyone uh or by uh kind of wide the wider sort of social cultural kind of mm -hmm. you know realm and um i think that made it really difficult for me because i was then aware of this part of myself you know um but i couldn't find anything in the world that reflected it back to me mm -hmm. and made me feel like i was valid you know yeah I yeah couldn't. and 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 so i was extremely isolated because of that and, and i think that's another kind of i think typical feature of bisexual uh 
experience that yeah. is something that is um very very has been very marginalized and and it's been extremely isolating for for people who are bi or people who experience you know um attraction to more than one gender yeah however you want to describe it um, yeah yeah i think that's that is a typical experience the isolation I but think that, that i think to me yeah sure and i think that could happen for people that are pansexual as well because again they'll they'll be seen as as greedy and the same for buys it's greedy you just want everything you want you know you want the best of both or you get the best of both like they're just the stereotypical things that come up aren't they um yeah and just sort of um the assumption for example that um if if someone's bisexual then um they're more likely to cheat on you uh, if you're if you're in a relationship with them or they are more likely to sleep with loads of different people um I can tell you it's not true. <laughs> I, no, I it's exactly. Not. <laughs> and I, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna read off a few more of, of those stereotypes, and then you can sort of pick pick a couple out that you wanna just like go at. Please do that. Um, so some of the the stereotypical things um, that people think of that bisexuality means, um, like fifty fifty percent of of a person is attracted to men, and fifty the other fifty percent is attracted to women bisexual people like you just said are more likely to cheat um being bisexual excludes trans and non-binary people not true um it's something you will grow out of and um what else did i have and then it's okay for gay people to make anti-bi remarks ah right yeah that's an interesting which one. we all well i've bloody heard that Hmm, that's interesting. Yeah, what, yeah. What out of those were you? Go, would you like to uh, indulge into some conversation? <laughs> um. Hmm. <laughs> well, like, again, like again, sort of the fifth. I suppose, like one of the. Uh, I guess it. I, I suppose it's an assumption. Yeah, the sort of fifty percent attraction. Um, there's a kind of an equal, uh, an equal degree of attraction to men and women. Um, I think what that fifty percent, and I can I suppose I don't know how common that kind of uh, assumption is, but um, they're sort of fifty percent attracted to men, fifty percent attracted to women. Like, uh, I just I don't even know if I don't know why that assumption even exists because I just sort of I think I think it's just like where it's not been thought about. Well, in my in my experience, that like my my kind of sense of this sort of whole thing, or the reason why um, bisexual bisexual people have had such a hard time, is because first of all, there's been a uh, heteronormative assumption in society, right? So no one assumes that you're bisexual. Some people might assume you're gay, uh, but if you don't declare your sexuality, then basically people think you're straight. Sure. Um, Unless and, it's flamboyantly obvious. Yeah, so there are signifiers, aren't there? There are kind of, there are sort of, um, you know, 
certain visual signifiers that indicate to people um, that may that may be may be indicated. We can't say always because it's yeah, not always well, the case. Of, of course not always, but there are stereotypes, aren't there? And there are sort of cultural yeah, there are kind of cultural symbols yes. that really kind of um, create images of groups of people. Um, um, but basically, the assumption is that you're straight. I think uh, at least my experience was. Yeah, so it's always from my experience, I suppose this is important to say, um, that you are straight unless you declare otherwise. And I kind of, I think that is half the problem because then um, it's like you're deviant, you know, there's a sense mm -hmm. you're kind of deviant. Um, what, as in because you're being sort of secretive and hiding what you are? No, because you, the, the, out, the, the deviance comes from the fact that there is a sort of hierarchy of normality. Um, there's a kind of, there's a sort of a hetero uh, normative sort of um, set of assumptions that people live by. Sure. Um, and if you don't, if your inner experience of who you are doesn't match those, well, the obligation, it seems, is always on you to sort of declare it because no one's going no one else is going to no one else is going to help you out so i think you know when i was growing up what would, what would have been useful for example in i don't know where it would have been what kind of setting but uh like just conversations about what sexuality actually is you know so yeah. maybe in sex education actually having uh you know and, and again i know that um there have been developments in um sex ed in schools for kids now yeah. you know whereby like lgbt kind of relationships are included i think a bit more um well they're yeah so they're working on it anyway i'm not like i am not up to speed on those developments but at least when i was um growing up there was i mean we had sex ed like a vhs you know in cringe sort of, uh, you know video the, player wasn't then, it like put a condom on a banana I don't know if we did that. I don't I feel know like, if we did either. I feel like I would have maybe remembered that. But, yeah. um, you know, there was absolutely no mention of LGBT sex and relationships. No. None of that. It was just the man and the woman fit together like pieces of a jigsaw puzzle. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Put know, the jigsaw puzzle away. You know, which is just awful because for, you know, teen, you know for like young people who are... Uh, you know, whose identity and self-awareness self is emerging, um, they don't see themselves reflected back and then they are alone. Well, then they're alienated and you feel wrong and, and yeah. Yeah, and that's what happened to me. And, um, and I think, yeah, I think that's kind of a big part of what happened to me. Um, and, uh, yeah, I suppose we've kind of gone on a bit of a tangent here, but when it comes back to sort of... Um, the assumptions about 50% attraction, all this stuff. I just think that's another um, kind of sort of, yeah, kind of um, thoughtless assumption about sexual experience sure. um, and kind of what sexuality is. I think, I think the thing that bisexuality causes, one of the reasons why it causes so many problems for people is that it makes um sexuality more complicated um with respect to nice discrete categories um of like gay and straight you know sure um 
but that is again a bit misleading because it's only complicated with respect to these assumptions if that makes sense yeah 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 if they weren't there and if we were able to just sort of basically be cool <laughs> with well them, yeah and like, and get wise and and learn and listen a bit more then it wouldn't be so like um it wouldn't be so like shameful for like i'm just going to say us like you me Mm. or for by to have to explain it because then you're in you're in that you're almost shamed for being it and then if you tell someone and then they go like oh and then you are the one who's in shame but you have to fucking comfort that excuse my french you're the one that has to comfort them <laughs> even though you're the one who's sitting in the shame of having to be it and get judged mm. and stereotyped but yeah. they're the one who's upset and now needs comforting like you yeah. almost have to say like oh no no it's this like calm like you know do you know what i mean yeah yeah exactly that happens a um, lot and yeah so there's sort of there's a kind of and it's been the same it's been the same obviously for gay, gay gays and lesbians as well like they have to come out you know there's this obligation you have to declare your sexuality you yeah know? um and yeah I, I i kind of i'm i'm kind of of the view <laughs> I just sort of want to get to a point in the world where we never have to do that. <laughs> sure. I mean, um, so to, to kind of, of course, <laughs> if only, um, like to bring that back in, um, like with dating then, do you yeah. feel that you need to disclose the fact that you're bi? Um, yeah, this, this is always a really interesting. Or, or do, so you, do, interesting. You, do you have like a dating example where this happened or? Um, yeah, so the, yeah, the dating thing is, is interesting because obviously, yeah, so like there's, um, this has sort of evolved over time for me as, uh, um, in, you know, as someone who's bisexual is kind of, um, changed. So at first, so as in, I suppose it's worth maybe saying like, um, when I've only really become very comfortable with, with kind of describing myself as bisexual and even still there's a part of me that doesn't sit entirely well with but i've only been able to really start identifying like that for the last five years sure um um and i'm 32 mm. and you know I, I was first aware of kind of my sexuality you know and it first started to cause me i guess sort of um concern because I would be struggling with identity when I was like, you know, 13, 14, 15, that's when it really started to become this thing that I was kind of hurting over. Sure. So it's taken me like, you know, what is it? So from the age of um, kind of 13 to 27, you know, that's a, that's, that's like 15 years or more. Yeah. Um, to actually feel um, like I am mostly okay <laughs> with who I am and mostly comfortable in the world with who I am. And like, that's an absurdly long time. Um, I, I can, I can relate to that though. Cause he, cause with being gay, um, I've almost had like the gay shame of being, just being gay. Um, um, uh, where it just, 
I think it's just because of whatever was around me or how I grew up or what I saw in the world. It then it's it just kind of plants it in your head, doesn't it? So then I'd be a bit homophobic myself. Um in just okay. a very in a very kind of quiet way sort of thing like it's, it's like my own battle though against because I, I'm very happy and I love what comes with it but then it's like what degree of gay am I sort of thing like is it is it this much or is it just a little bit um but is it something you you experienced yeah definitely okay um, right yeah 100% 100% so then like so you go it, through that phase of sort of um, it's sort of like a kind of, right, you know there's something different about your identity with respect to the norm, but yeah. you, don't know, you don't know exactly to what degree. Well, it's like just being, I would call it being fabulous, my fabulous self. The more I've kind of chipped away at it, um, I, even when I've been, uh, I've had abuse, whatever, like physical, verbal, it's just chipped away at me and allowed me to just be more and more myself um, and come to terms like, actually, I love everything about it now from from where it would be, it would seem uncomfortable with me because I was different, I stood out and it's like, well, I can't change that, I love it. So actually, I'm just gonna enjoy every bit of it. But it just took forever to do that, it took years to do that. Yeah. And, you know, that, that's a sort of, uh, it can be an incredibly like painful and like, again, isolating process. Definitely. And like, um, um, you know, with respect to, uh, being bi, um, it, like I say, it's taken me years. So, so in mm. terms of dating. When I was not so comfortable with the kind of uh, the buy label, actually, and when it was sort of like, um, when it was kind of more in the background of my identity, my sense of self, I would sort of present myself, quote unquote, to uh, when I was dating women, and I've mainly dated women, I have dated men, but um, yeah. um, when I was dating women, because I was so aware of the assumption of straightness, um, I and the need to declare otherwise, um, uh, and the fear of rejection, if I were to do that, um, I always just presented myself as straight, basically. I, I just, I kind of surfed their assumption. <laughs> sure. Um, because, because I was scared of um, what might uh, come out if I say, oh, I'm bi, uh, because then, you know, because you know, I was just so wary about, well, how are people going to react? Some people just are really fucking horrible about it. Um, excuse my French. Um, but, um, <laughs> um, sorry. Um, it's fine. Passion. Um, so, yeah, it was always a kind of question of, do I want the hassle or do I, or, or do I, or, or the thing is, well, cause the question is, do I want to, it's like a question of, this is a, this is a kind of interesting thing. The, the dilemma, I think this is the painful dilemma, uh, maybe one of many for bi people is, am I, do I, do I stand up for who I really am, um, you know, and risk the pain of rejection 
or do I compromise on, on my on who I am in order to maybe more likely get some kind of intimacy? You see, but, but and obviously then... that's that's never going to work in some mm. sense because you're not really being you. Um, you're, you're giving a false representation of who you are, really. Yeah, but the fear that the the overriding fear is. I don't ever want to be, I don't want to be alone. I don't it want out, to be. It outweighed it for you. Yeah. Well, of course, because I think, and I, I think that actually goes, that actually goes back all the way, I think, to kind of basic human needs for connection. Um, you know, you will compromise parts of yourself in order to get love, basically. Um, and uh, I think that was sort of the, the, um, the dilemma that I was in and and now as it's sort of come out that I feel more comfortable being bi yes I'm bisexual like I don't you know I, I kind of tell everyone <laughs> yeah um, nice I mean only well, I suppose I don't tell everyone but I, I do let every, I do let people know like if they ask I'm, I'm happy to have conversations about it um, um, now it's kind of more at the forefront of my uh, sense of identity and my kind of um, sort of the way I kind of uh, relate to others, I suppose. But there's still it still varies. There's sometimes sometimes I kind of think, well, sometimes it's sort of um, it's easier to sort of uh, kind of introduce yourself to someone, say on a dating situation first, and and kind of tell them a little bit afterwards you know oh by the way i'm buying not not too much afterwards i think it's very important to be very open from the very beginning that is absolutely yeah very definitely important. um but still there is sort of a degree of sort of wiggle room about exactly how and when you say and i think that's fine um but yeah it's always a bit of a it's always a question for me because i just never know what people are going to um <clears throat> say or do or how they're going to respond and the privilege of being straight is that you don't have to worry about that nothing to declare nothing to declare exactly and and, and that's one of the that's one of the kind of added kind of um stresses of being bi um it's a stress as well of gay of gay people too i think um yeah so that's so in terms of dating yeah and and, and like that's sort of the dilemma I think by people sometimes not for every not for everyone who's by I mean I'm just talking about me really but it might reflect other people's experiences too sure. um, um yeah the interesting thing I guess as well about dating men is that if you're bi you do have to declare it too whereas I think if you're um often if you date men they'll assume you're gay obviously it's, yeah, almost yeah. Obvious, it's almost an obvious thing people will assume um and obviously if you are gay that's nice you know it's nice to just be for, for who you are kind of thing um um but if you're bi again it's that kind of dual sort of stress of well i've, I've got to sort of got to make sure that the, the person i'm dating is a woman who might be straight kind of doesn't have a problem with this but i've also got to do the same thing with the guy who I'm dating who might not be uh you know bi or whatever you know so yeah it's a bit of a tricky one <laughs> yeah I can imagine <laughs> yeah 
So something we wanted to include um, in this conversation is what, um, I guess, either what it actually means to be bisexual, what it means to be bisexual or what it means, what bisexuality actually means. Yeah. Um, Just to make sure, you know, people actually have, you know, a concise idea, as concise as possible. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, uh, can we say it varies from person to person? No, well, I mean, like the you know, kind of the the basic the basic idea of bisexuality is that it's just it's just sexual attraction to more than one gender, basically sexual romantic attraction uh, towards um, you know both males or females or to more than one sex or gender. So, the, so it's worth pointing out a couple of things like bi. There's often this sort of assumption bi means sort of two you know just two thing like i'm attracted to men and women um but i don't like that because of course well that's that's where the sort of the go on um where (laughs) it's then almost like bisexual is just attracted to the binary well it assumes a gender binary doesn't it yeah that's what that's how i would sort of but it, that that definition makes this assumption about gender that I think is wrong, uh, <laughs> and I don't want to, and I, you know, and it excludes people, uh, so I don't want to do that. So, um, to me, it's just it's just sexual or romantic or both kinds of attraction to um, more than one uh, gender, sexuality, or gender. That's how I would see it. There's there is another term and it's bi plus, which is used as an umbrella term for people who are attracted to other genders rather than just the binary. Sure. That is another thing as well, which I didn't know about until I started looking into Google. Yeah, that's that's cool. There, there, there's I've not heard of that. Um Yeah, that's yeah, that's that that'll work. That works. Um, so what about bioerasure then? We talked about that a tiny bit earlier. Yeah. So there's probably like a technical definition, um, but, uh, you know, which I don't know. Um, but, um, erasure basically means the kind of, you know, the kind of exclusion of bioerasure is the sort of kind of systematic and kind of, uh, social sort of um exclusion of bisexuality as a legitimate form of sexual identity right and erasure i suppose erasure it's just sort of um not acknowledging bisexuality as a real thing as a reality you know um and i think maybe it might be best sort of uh like an example would be show like a tv show where um a character like an ostensibly straight character, uh, like a straight man uh, who sleeps with women, then sleeps with a guy or guys, and then the characters around that character say, "Oh, has as as so is he gay now?" That's gone, that would that gay. to me that to me counts as by erasure because, uh, or it could it could be seen as by erasure because. You know, he is apparently that that person is um, 
sexually attracted to more than one gender. You know, we can see that in his actions, but yet no one's no one's describing him as bisexual. Sure. Um, so it's just not acknowledging it as a reality. Uh, I think that's kind of what erasure is. It's just this sort of profound um, invalidation of that of the possibility even of bisexuality. Um, you know, so even when you see evidence of uh, bisexuality. There's a kind of sort of um, viewpoint of no, 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 that's not what it really is, um, um, you know, because it can't be real. Um, um, yeah, and, and I think my, I, I and I've again, I, I've just had to. I think my, my personal experience is that I have been subject subject to that. Sure. Um, I've had to basically be subject to being erased you know mm. um because you know for all, for all the reasons or well, for some of the reasons i've kind of mentioned like you know you're either straight or you're gay uh or you know if you're attracted to men you know as a guy you're probably gay you know all this stuff yeah. um uh that's those are all forms of erasure i think well they are like the outcome of it sure i think, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, yes. That's just another 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 thing that the poor <laughs> the poor buys have to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> Armor up. Um, how do you feel then? Like, um, sort of where you are now with your um bisexuality. Well, I feel much better. I feel. I, I feel. I just feel like. Um, I feel like I have personally kind of managed to integrate my sense of self enough in that in that sense to sort of feel like i'm pretty happy you know um and it's not this kind of um cut off part of me you know um mm. this sort of fragmented thing where where i can't kind of you know i can't whereas like you know when i was younger growing up it was just this it was a secret it was this shameful embarrassing thing that i was so scared to words to right um uh you know because when you put words to some part of yourself it sort of becomes real and uh it was just too scary to do that so i feel like i've kind of integrated it uh and you know it's now a legitimate part of who i am um and you know that feels awesome um and you know in that sense it's uh you know it's i feel good yeah, you seem a lot more comfortable about it and obviously less hesitant um, in regards to sort of sharing it. You're quite happy to do that now, which is really nice. I'm quite happy to do it, yeah. There is a part of me, it's, it's interesting when I reflect that, that there is still, there's still this part of me that's wary. Yeah. And, um, probably that won't go away. Um, and I, I, think, I, think... I think it could in time, I believe. I mean, Just I only from my own experience, but I know we're all different, but... Yeah, I, I kind of wonder if it will just because, um, yeah, I think it's sort of the wariness, um, uh, and it's only uh, like I say, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't actually interfere with my life too much anymore. I don't think, but yeah, there's still this part of me that is a bit wary, um, just because I think there are still people out there uh, who um, basically are biphobic and they don't believe in it, you know, etc. They kind of think you're gay or you know, whatever it is, they just don't think it's real. Um, yeah. So, 
but mostly like i think that i think there's a kind of general cultural shift towards kind of um you know embracing bisexuality and sexual fluidity i suppose as well um which is all which is really good to see um yeah it's definitely come a long way from when yeah. we were from what it felt like when we were little anyway yeah and again i don't really know too much about nice. like bi culture there is a there is a kind of sort of bisexual kind of subculture now that uh, is sort of that has been around mainly on the internet for kind of several years um i'm not really like very familiar with it um but th the fact that that even exists now <laughs> is so good um because now that's that's a space that's a legitimate space um where you know if you think you're bi you you know you can go to and it's there and people are going to be like yes you know you're bisexual and it's absolutely cool it's fine love it that was gorgeous is there anything else that you would sort of like to add or share or anything um, like a book recommendation? Uh, yeah, there is this, um, there's a book. So like, I, I suppose, uh, you know, um, kind of in terms of, you know, in light of this conversation, you know, if anyone is, if anyone, you know, is sort of questioning their sexuality or has, you know, um, a sense of wanting to explore their sexuality and they're not sure and they don't know and uh, they want to kind of maybe at least start thinking about it more there is one book that i read that i think i think it was at the time it was like profoundly important to me and uh, it's a book by it's a book by michael amherst so that his surname is a m h e r s t um and the book's called Go the Way Your Blood Beats. Uh, subtitle is On Truth, Bisexuality and Desire. And it is a book. It is a book about bisexuality. Um, and it's a kind of it's it's a, it's a really interesting book about um, kind of the almost like the experience and nature of bisexuality and what it really means and uh, how it is and has been thought of and treated by some people in society. Um, and uh, it mentions certain examples like um, Tom Daly uh, came out um, as being, I think he came out as attract being attracted to men. I don't know if he explicitly said he was gay, uh, but, 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 but the media kind of had a sort of, Really made a meal of that and it just sort yeah, of mentions yeah. ha how kind of media kind of tend to respond to certain figures um as well as um it's like partly a kind of personal kind of story from the author's point of view but then it goes into kind of conversations about well, well, what is sexuality um uh and it kind of quotes people like james baldwin who is amazing um an incredible just speaker and an author um as well as a bunch of other really interesting people so yeah go the way your blood beats it's a very good book oh well thank you for that recommendation no worries um yeah i kind of uh you know thank thanks for uh inviting me on uh brother thank you for coming on thank you for sharing yourself with me and everyone else that's all right 
I'm sure it's been a bit kind of meandering, but hopefully some of uh, what I've said sort of um, maybe uh, is sort of interesting, maybe. <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> I definitely think that. I am so sorry for that extremely abrupt ending. But even with that, I hope you enjoyed what Ben had to say. I honestly loved doing this episode and I think there's a lot in there that people can take away from this. I just want to say again, thank you so much to my brother for coming on and sharing your story. I know how much it has meant to you to come on and openly share it like this. By the time we had finished, actually, though, um, we had a bit more of a chat and Ben was definitely ready to come on and do it again. So I look forward to having you back on again. I will leave a note also in the description of this episode about the book that Ben has recommended also. And you can also get that on Audible. Huge fan of Audible. And once again, thank you so much for tuning in and listening and your continued support for me uh, with establishing this podcast. I'm learning more and more each and every episode. I can't wait to keep doing this, hearing more stories from the people that really matter. See you again here soon. Take care. You can follow Our Story on Spotify. Just search Our Story followed by Todd, and that's with two Ds. If you're on Instagram, find the account Our Story Cast. In the bio, there is a link which will take you directly to the podcast 